Hey y'all, I'm Reese, and welcome to Making Meaning. Making Meaning is here to guide you along your path to make meaning in a way that makes sense for you. This week, I am interviewed by the wonderful past guest of the podcast and friend of mine and friend of the show, Sophie Alford. Sophie asks me about childhood memories, influential people in my life, and a couple of other silly, fun questions. And I think it really starts the season off in a really joyful and open-hearted way. Beginning with an interview of me, we have a nice parallel to the first episode of season one and of the podcast ever, where I just sat down, me and a mic, and talked a little bit about my experience. So I thought this was a really wonderful way to kickstart this new season. So with all of that being said, let's take a deep breath and get started. Well, hello. Welcome to my podcast, Reese. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, I'm excited to flip the script and kind of give you a little bit of a chance to talk about yourself, let your audience know more about you, and I'm excited to ask all the questions this time. I am so excited, too. When you first threw this suggestion out, I was like, is this going to be weird, like, completely flipping it? But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, no, Sophie's so right. Like, it is a good idea to, like, talk about myself and my approach to things, so... I'm really excited for doing it, and I'm grateful that you're doing it. Me too. I'm excited as well. So I just want to start off. We're going to do some personal questions, cool. like a little bit more deeper questions, and then we're going to do some more whimsical, funny questions. Love. You know, there's no right or wrong answer with these. Okay. Let's just have fun. I love it. Okay, so let's start. What is one of your favorite childhood memories? Ooh. Okay, one of my favorite childhood memories... I don't want to like overthink it, so I'm just going to go with the first one that popped into my head. Um, every single time, me and my brother would go over to my <laughs> Grandma Darlene's house, actually, who's in this lovely frame behind us. Um, she would always have bought some sort of toy for us, which my parents put a stop to pretty quickly because they were like, you need to stop, you're spoiling them. But, <laughs> of course, um, she had, it, her house was a two-bedroom, and so she had the master, and then the other bedroom was just the toy room, and there was, like, a guest bed there, too. And so every time we went over, there would always be a new toy in the toy room. So me and my brother would, like, run back to the toy room <laughs> to find what was on the bed and then, like, bring it out and get to play with it that day with Grandma Darlene. And I just remember, like, the excitement of like it being Christmas morning going over to my grandma's house every time. Mm -hmm. Yes, because I'm I was a child and like wanted mm -hmm. toys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but also I think part of it was like even once like the toys stopped and we got older and all the things, I feel like it was still very much this like 
she always made her home a place where we could be really carefree and she always wanted to encourage us to like have fun like it was just always a place for joy oh um nice. yeah so I just have such a vivid memory of like running back and finding like a new Barbie doll on her back bed and just being so excited as Aww. a little kid I love that I love that yeah Okay, so now, what's a funny story that your family would tell about you? My family tells I this. This is a very telling question. It's true. There's definitely some that I'm like, <laughs> that my parents tell that I'm like, oh my god, you cannot tell anybody that question. <laughs> <laughs> like, please stop telling that story. Um, you know... Okay, this is actually the one, because I think this is pretty funny, too. I'm excited. It's, like, my dad's favorite story about me. So, in second grade, no, it was third grade. It was third grade, because I had just switched schools. But um, my dad would drive me to school from third through fifth grade, Mm -hmm. because me and my brother were going to different schools at the time, and so my mom would drive my brother, and my school was on my way to my dad's work, and so it just made sense for him to drop me off on his way. And so, like, very normal third grader, Reese would listen to audiobooks with her dad on the (laughs) way to school, and it would just be whatever book he was listening to. So we read, like, Stephen Hawking's The Theory of Everything, and, like, Plato's Republic, and, like, random stuff, and then we would talk about it. So I really, really loved doing that, but because my dad used to work in finance at this job that he was at at the time was in finance, he would also talk to me about, like, finance stuff that was going on at his job so, so then, basically Reese was a boss girl when she was in third grade <laughs> my dad always says that I ruined my potential because I should have been a bond trader and I'm like can you imagine me trading bonds no um but the funny part of this is that because he like talked to us about money and finances all the time um and we read some book that like had this story in it where like some really big CEO was arrested for insider trading and I was like what is that like Mm -hmm. obviously third grade Reese didn't know so my dad explained it to me well like a week later in school we were talking about crime and justice in third grade I guess which is like weird to think about I don't even know what unit we were in Uh and they were having us all like raise our hands and say what are different um laws like that you break and of course kids are like murder stealing lying and I raised my hand and said insider trading (laughs) my teacher was like yes yeah I guess so I guess that that is a crime and I guess I was talking to my parents about my day and they were like you're kidding that's what you said and I was like yeah that that was the only crime that I could think of that no one had said yet Oh my gosh, I love that, Reese. That's such a Reese story, too. Okay, so next question. Tell me about the three most influential people in your life and how they have impacted you. Hmm. Okay. Question. Okay. Do I split mom and dad up, or do I put mom and dad as one? Nope, gotta split them. Okay, then I have to do my mom and my dad. But maybe I'll give you a bonus answer. Okay, okay, cool. Um... (laughs) Just because I'm, like, I genuinely am so close with both of my parents, and they both have taught me such different things. I'm, like, different and similar things, but 
there's no way I could answer this question without including both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say my dad is one of the most influential people because more than anybody, he is the person who has always instilled in me the confidence that you can do whatever you set your mind to and that that has been encouraged and awarded and applauded in my family. Um, And he also really supports like taking risks, which I think is something that not a lot of people hear from their parents is like, we want you to take smart, educated risks. I think most parents are like, no, like we want you to be safe and Mm -hmm. (laughs) be provided for. But he's always been like, no, like life's too short. Don't live small. Um, Which has really informed a lot of the way I live my life. Um, Do you have any examples of that? I mean, I think the biggest one that comes to mind is like, instead of getting a nine to five job, like freelancing on the side while working mm-hmm. on my company. Like it, yeah. it has been a huge risk because, you know, no company makes money in the first two years. And even then it's like profit, you barely break even after that. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're playing the long game. here. Exactly. It's definitely a long game, which I know is a risk, especially as a young person. But to me, it's always felt like one worth taking. Mm-hmm. Um, but even like, doing acting when I was younger and not being afraid to like audition for things and be told no time and time again I'm like true it's okay put myself out there worst that's gonna happen is they do say no yeah um you don't ask you don't get exactly um so I just feel like even though I'm not a very um like I I wouldn't say I am a huge like I wouldn't call myself a risky person, but I think when it comes to really big life decisions, I have a tendency to make a choice that maybe other people wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, Just being your friend and, like, you know, living with you and seeing your daily life, I would also agree with that. But I've also witnessed you, like... You do the things that you take risk on are things that you are very passionate about and you feel very strongly about, and I think that that's the fo- only foundation that you need in order to take that risk. Thanks. That's my ob- that's my observation. Feels good to hear you say that. I'm like that makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on now. No. <laughs> um. Okay. Second person is my mom. Uh huh. Um. I feel like I've gotten a lot of like my intellectual side but also my like goofy goober side from my dad but my mom is where I feel like my embracing my gut and embracing my instinct and my intuition and seeing sensitivity as a strength has come from um my mom is a trained counselor and so obviously like being in therapy for as long as I have been I've been in therapy since I was 12 years old and still am Um, was really informed by her and that completely changed the course of my life Um, and I think that my mom is always someone who whereas my dad is pushing this big picture like we want you to take risks my mom is pushing this okay now how do we apply it kind of thing Mm -hmm. and is the one who's like take risks try different things on enroll in acting do soccer do volleyball take voice lessons take 
cooking classes, mm-hmm. play piano, learn how to play guitar. Like there are so many things that I like did for a year, didn't like it, so I stopped. You know, yeah. but, but you tried it exactly, and that was always what my my mom always wanted to like open the doors for curiosity. Oh, I like that. Yeah, and um, also is someone who like I feel like everyone kind of has this with their mom, but just knows things about you that you could never even know about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so without that support, definitely would not be where I am today. <laughs> oh my god, I, I think that's a great like combo right there, and that you get both sides and it kind of helps level you out in those perspectives yeah I think because my dad can be very like big picture whereas my mom is very much like okay now how do we make it happen Mm -hmm. um at least in terms of like following your dreams right right um but they're still very much on the same page in (laughs) encouraging that yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) my mom's name is Paige for those of you um but yeah in they never disagreed on we want our kids to live lives of passion and purpose yeah which i think is i'm really grateful for i love that yeah okay your third person third person this is kind of hard because i have two but i i think give us both of them okay if if I had to pick one, I think I would go with my therapist. Okay. Um, and I don't want to name drop her, <laughs> just because um, I I don't know. I haven't asked her if I could name drop her, and so I don't want to expose that. Of you, Reese. Thank you. <laughs> um, but like I said, I've been in therapy since I was thirteen, and I have seen my therapist once a week, every single week of my life from thirteen or twelve years old until now. So almost twelve years of my life, which is more than half. Um, and I don't know how that could not be impactful, right? Mm -hmm. But also, not only has she given me wisdom that I'm just so grateful for, she knows me better than anyone else in this world. And to have a relationship with someone where I can walk into that room, sit on the couch, and say the things that I am the most ashamed of, the most guilty of, the things that I think make me irredeemably unlovable. And then have this person look at me and say, no, you're still good. You are still loving. You are still worthy of love. Has just been, like, everyone needs that person in their life. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that I would be in a much darker place if I didn't have someone who met all of my insecurity with love, compassion, and, like, the emotional equivalent of a warm mm-hmm. hug, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, and then the other person who I guess is honorable mention but has just been so important in my life is my first acting coach, Catherine Hart. Don't you have a tattoo? I do. Yes. Um, I have a tattoo of the first thing she said to me on the first day, or not the first thing she said to me, the last thing she said to me on the first day we met, which is when you look at the world, you see poetry. I have it tattooed on my ribs right here for those that are watching. <laughs> um, Can confirm. Yeah. <laughs> Sophia's seen my tattoo. Um, but talk about someone who saw something in me that I didn't even see in myself at that time. Um, and really encouraged me to hone that and see the beauty and creativity. Um, and she is a very... Miss Hart is extremely... Um, 
intelligent and compassionate and creative and um, very uh, intuitive as well. And so I think a lot of my like mystical side that I have, I get from her in like having trust and faith in the universe, which is like weird to say about an acting teacher, but she just taught me how to like love life. Right. Um, so yeah, those, those are my other two. Okay, I like that. Okay, so that's kind of a good segue because one of my other questions I had was, what are some of the mantras that you live by and why are they important to you? And I feel like kind of what your theater teacher said to you is kind of like something to think about. But what are other ones that you live by? Absolutely. I love this question because I am such like a quotes person. Um, So absolutely, like things that people have said to me, like, when you look at the world, you see poetry. Obviously, I tattooed it on my body for a reason. Mm-hmm. I want a daily reminder of that. Funny, because um, you texted us a poem last night that you love. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> I did text y'all a poem last night. Because I'm that friend. <laughs> <laughs> we love it, though. Um, but other quotes. There's one... Um, <laughs> one of... There's like, it's like an affirmation I saw on Pinterest, but to this day, I think about it. And whenever I get like overwhelmed or anxious, it's what I think about. And it's, um, I release fear and gain trust in the process of life. Um, because sometimes I can be very fearful (laughs) and very anxious. And so reminding myself that even if horrible, bad things happen, like, I can trust in the process that this is going to teach me something. This is like life. The universe is taking me in this direction for a reason. Um, And that's just a comforting one for me. It may not be for everyone, but it is Mm -hmm. for me. And then another one, which said to me the first time, and it's my favorite thing. What other people think about you is none of your business. And... That's facts. It's facts, (laughs) but it's so... Everyone wants to know. Exactly. that is just not... The way it is. And it, but it's so hard to remind myself. I'm like, I want to know what everybody thinks about me. Is anyone mad at me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I need to know. But truthfully, it's none of my best. E- even you, like my best friend, like you get to have any opinion about me in any way that you want. And that's the beauty of like complex human relationships is that I know there's things I do that annoy you, but also there's... That's true for everyone. Exactly, exactly. But also there's things that we love about each other, too, exactly. you know? It's like, that's relationships, so... Oh, <laughs> 100%. Um, we love that. We love it. So those are my, like, mantras, I would say. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I like that. One thing, my... I just want to add this because yeah. I love this quote Please so do. much. But when I was starting high school, my aunt gave me a, a card, and I opened it, and all yeah. it had my my Kano? Aunt, mm-hmm, okay mm-hmm. i can bleep out her name if you'd like me oh, to oh it's fine okay um she's my homie and <laughs> Kano is the homie <laughs> no she's cool but she wrote on there it was literally just one of those blank cards and she just wrote in quotes no one can make you feel inferior without your own consent and that's a quote by eleanor roosevelt such a good one and i've kept that with me since then and she reminded me again of it going into college and i just I just love that quote because it's true. Like you have to be your own advocate and be confident in yourself. Well, and I feel like it's such a good reminder too of like when you do start to feel bad, 
for me, it's a good reminder of like, I have the power to stop feeling bad. Mm-hmm. I am actually giving the thing that's making me feel bad power right yeah. now. True. Yeah. Yes. So that's, I'm glad you brought that up. It's like changing your mindset, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I love those. All right. Next question. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? Um, I know it's a big question. Yeah. I mean, right now, in like a more um, surface level way, I would say like what I'm trying to do with the Cohere Collective, right? Like I would love for this to become a stamp that I can leave on the world. Or not even a stamp to leave on the world because I don't really want to like necessarily make something that's immovable or unchangeable but almost like a blackboard that I could leave for the world to play with or like a sandbox that I could leave for the world to play with is more like what I'd like to do um but in a like deeper not so like surface way um I really want to help people find confidence in knowing that they can, should, and are worthy of living the life of their dreams with purpose and fulfillment. And that I want to be someone who, even if Cohere and Making Meeting crashes and burns, I want people just that I meet in my life to leave interactions with me feeling more empowered and more confident and feel like I can let people be the best versions of themselves around me. Um, but that's Cohere's mission is trying to find ways to let people know that whatever that kind of like purpose-filled life looks like for you and you can pull that from anywhere or anything based on whatever your value and ethical system is, but that the world will be better mm-hmm. because you're living with purpose and fulfillment. Um, and I think that that means more people will be happy. I think that means the world will be more peaceful. Um, And I hope that that makes the world a better place. So if I could be remembered for something, it would be that I let people be their best selves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're already doing that. So keep it up. Stop. (laughs) Keep it up. If I think about that too much, I'm going to cry. So I have to laugh about it. Shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I kind of feel like you may have answered this question already, but I still want to ask it in case you have things to add on to it. Mm. So where do you hope to be in 10 years from now? Yes. It definitely does piggyback off of what I just said, but I think there is a bit more in this sense that, like, obviously I would love this company that's currently just me to grow into, like, a full team um, of people that, are making content and educational um, resources for people to wherever they are on their making meaning journey um, further that right if you're at the very beginning and you've never thought about what a purpose living driven life looks like um, that's okay we have something for you or if you've been like on a spiritual journey for years and then you're stumbling into cohere it's like great let's help take you one step deeper um, so I would love for it to really become a fully fleshed out system professionally um, and it to be a, cohere to be something that 
maybe I help like guide and obviously I set the mission statement for but I don't want to be the only person like behind the reins yeah I want it to be created by and cultivated by the community that believes in it too yeah a collective like group of people exactly and that's why we're the Cohere Collective 100% so I'm like in 10 years I would like to see it just be a successful version of that running on its own hopefully not having to freelance anymore Mm -hmm. um and I think I would like to be like in wherever I want to live for the rest of my life at that point I'm still since I'm still pretty young I'm thinking a lot about like traveling and moving and living in different places right now but I think in 10 years like finding some things that provide a little bit of stability would probably be good too Mm -hmm. and um obviously being close to my parents at that point um but yeah I think that it's hard for me to to separate like where I want to be personally and professionally because Cohere and the Cohere Collective is so personal for me that I'm like yes it is a professional goal but that is also like my main personal goal and then financially I just like to be not scared (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean third grade Reese is looking at you right now and being like where are your bonds yeah (laughs) (laughs) we need to start trading ma'am no you're right I'm like I I I have a few I have a few (laughs) oh my gosh well I have no doubt that you'll be there oh thank you you're just a train that keeps on moving thank you (laughs) that's good Okay, so now we're getting into the fun questions. I love fun questions. I just like to ask this one question because I feel like it gives insight about a yeah, person. Yeah, I love that. So what does your morning routine look like? Whew. Um, you know, it changes a little every day. <laughs> but I do think that there's a couple things in it that stay consistent. But one thing that I'm really doing right now is like, not trying to force myself into doing something that doesn't feel good, but also knowing that you kind of have to push yourself into doing things that you know is good for you, that you know are good for you too. And like Mm -hmm. the balance between those two things and my morning and night routines are definitely like reflective of trying to strike that balance. Um, so right now, um, I'm, the thing that I am really like not pushing myself to do is waking up at the same time, which is crazy, but I'm lucky enough to be able to set my own schedule and sleep is something I'm really going after. But when I sleep do, is important. very important. Um, so when I do wake up, um, I always journal before I get out of bed. Um, I jot down, you know, if I had any wacky dreams or like ideas in the night, um, I always have a journal by my bed. Um, and so I'll do just like random thoughts and then I always write down three things that I'm grateful for. Um, just because, I mean, science proves that that helps you have a better perspective and outlook of the day. Right. And I really do feel better after doing that. Um, and then the next kind of piece of the routine is how am I feeling? Do I want to go make a tea before I start my day? Do I need to go to the bathroom? Do I want to do my like skincare and brush my teeth or do I want to do a little bit of yoga and all of those things will be done at some point but it's kind of like okay what order feels the best today um so usually what I'll end up doing is like a little bit of yoga and my pjs like a couple sun salutations just like get the blood flowing (laughs) um go make a 
tea to get my digestion flowing. I do the, I mean, you know, you, you see me do I it every know, morning. I see it every morning. <laughs> the apple cider vinegar and lemon because uh-huh. it's good for metabolism and digestion. Um, I'm like, I should probably start doing that. Yeah, and honestly, when I first started doing it, I was like, this is nasty. But now I'm like, actually, used to it. it's kind of good. Yeah. Okay. So I think, because I was going to say, you really don't need to start doing it, but if you wanted to, I'll just say it does get better. <laughs> um, and then I'll do that, um, do a little bit of yoga and not enough to like really sweat, just enough to move. Yeah. Um, and then I do my bathroom routine. Um, I'm very big on skincare as you yes. know as well. Um, and that's a really, it's become a really big part of like my self-care practice too is like oh this is 20 minutes in the morning that I don't feel guilty about taking to just pamper and take care of myself yeah I mean look at you your skin's glowing oh, thank you <laughs> um but yeah. I go to you for all my skincare questions <laughs> and I love it it's like <laughs> besides like philosophy and making meaning I'm like skincare <laughs> Yes. Like, I always want to talk about it. A cohere skincare line or um, something? Sophie, if we did, we would have to collaborate on the SPF. Like, yeah, because the SPF. One thing 100%. about Sophie Alford, she is always wearing sunscreen, <laughs> which everyone should be. Yes. If you're not wearing sunscreen right now, go put on sunscreen. Protect the skin. <laughs> also, my grandpa was a dermatologist, so there you go. he kind of, you know, told me to do it. Science. Was a little science. It's important. You know, no big deal. Okay, one thing I thought of when you said that you do... Like your gratuity or gratuity. Uh, <laughs> oh, gratitude. Gratitude. Gratuity. Yes. <laughs> um, one thing about that is I started, I used to not do that. And I started at nighttime and in the morning, whenever, like, whatever jewelry I'm putting on or taking off, doesn't matter how many bangles I'm wearing or earrings or whatever, I have to say one thing that I'm grateful for. I love that. And I feel like it's made a big difference. And yeah. it's something that I look forward to at nighttime because sometimes you have those bad days and it's something that brings you back to ground and you're like, you know, I'm doing okay. Like, I've got a lot of things that I'm yeah. that I'm grateful for. Even if today was kind of a shit show, mm-hmm. I have a heart that's beating, lungs that are breathing, yep. a roof over my head, food on the... T- like, there is always something that you can look at mm-hmm. that you're grateful for. Or even, like, if you're not feeling super confident, like, say something that you love about yourself. Yeah. I love my freckles on my nose. Or something that. little like that. Yeah. I feel like it makes a difference, so I 100%. love that you do that every morning. I also like that you tie it to jewelry, because that's something that a lot of people, but most women more specifically... Um, of course, men wear jewelry too, but um, a lot of people, that's a huge part of their routine, and normally you just do it without thinking, or you're just yeah. thinking about your jewelry, but it's like, it's not taking any more time out of your day, it's not costing you anything to just, with each piece you put on, a little gratitude, yeah, a little exactly. self-love. Exactly. That's wonderful. So I love that. Um Okay, next question. I kind of like this one. If you could have coffee with any historical figure, who would you choose? And then the real question is, what would you drink? What's Ooh, your order? Okay, 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 okay. Um, I do like this question. C- they can be alive or dead? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so... Or even, like, I'm going to say a book character, too, if you really want it. Oh, gosh. Okay, so part of me is, like, if it's a book character, I'm going to bring like my fictional crush to life and get married and like 
Right? Like, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, sorry, Annabeth, me and Percy are getting married. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I could never do that. In Atlantis. To... Yeah, yeah. No, I could never do that to Percy Beth, but. <laughs> Tangent. Um, you know, I think it would be, th- this is such a hard question for me, because I don't have any, like, historical figure that I am just, like, absolutely obsessed with like is an icon for me Mm -hmm. um but there's a lot of people that I'm like I really like their work and what they did and what they stood for so there's like that part but then I'm also like what about the people who could answer like a really big mystery I'm like I'd be kind of interested in that so part of me is like maybe Elizabeth Schuyler (gasps) Yes. And be like, who, for those of you who don't know, which I'm sure most do, um, was Hamilton's wife. um, And he famously um, cheated on her. And she outlived him. And there's a bunch of stuff there. Very interesting. If you haven't seen Hamilton, go watch Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. But I think I would want to ask her, like, one all of the work she did for women was amazing right mm-hmm. and i would love to talk with her about and that and kids didn't she start a um, an orphanage yes one of the i think it's the first orphanage in either new york or america or something like that yeah. um which is amazing um her and her older sister angelica um started the uh, i think it's the convention at seneca falls is what it was called which was one of the very first feminist conventions for women's suffrage. Mm. And also, she was publicly shamed for being cheated on, like, during this time when women did not have power or control at all. Also, why would you shame her? Like, that just doesn't make sense. But that's a side conversation. We love the patriarchy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, yes. Um, So I think I would want to ask her, like, what was that like? How did that feel? Mm-hmm. Um, what kept you going? What like, kept you going? Yeah. Like, I would want to know. she didn't hide from, you know, because she did all those other things. It's right. Like, well, in the orphanage girl, that she opened, she no named it after. No one can make you feel inferior without, without your own consent. consent. <laughs> um, and she opened it in Hamilton's name, even though she has all of this difficulty. So I think that that's one of those things that I'm like, I think she's a good intersection of answering a mystery and also... Um, being like a figure that I really do look up to Mm -hmm. the other one that always comes to mind which this is like really sad and kind of morbid but um is like for unsolved murder cases like I would love to like ask someone like who murdered you that way we can like lock them up (laughs) who did it which is scary but I'm like oh man if I had the power to bring someone back to life like it might it if I really did I feel like that would be a good use of that power, right? Yeah. I don't know. What I would drink, though... Oh, yes. ...would 100% depend on the person, because I would want to impress them with my order. <laughs> oh. So what would you order with this Miss Skyler? I'd probably do something like like a lavender latte. What if she doesn't like lavender? Gosh, I gotta throw the lavender away. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta do... <laughs> Matcha, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna intensely research their coffee or tea order yes. before I bring them back. Yes. Um, 
No, I think my go-to coffee order, if there is something lavender on the menu, I'm going to do lavender. And that feels very Eliza to me. Um, but if it was like some president of past, like I might do a black coffee just to like match the vibes, you know, yeah. just mm-hmm. to match the vibes. Or just see what they order first and then yeah. you follow suit. Try their coffee order. You know what? Mm-hmm. That's a much better answer. I'm, whoever I bring back, I'm trying their coffee order. I like that, actually. That's, okay, that's a good one. Cool. I'll accept. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, give me one random fact right now off the top of your head. Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. Any fact? Any fact. Random. Um. Oh, gosh. Um, okay, I'm drinking green tea right now. I think this is true, but... Green tea actually has much more caffeine in it than coffee does. I'm fact-checking that right now. Please fact-check me. But I'm pretty sure that's true. And most people drink green tea because they're like, oh, it's less caffeine in the afternoon. But I think it actually gives you more caffeine. Okay, well, this one says coffee contains significantly more caffeine than green tea. But see, I heard that too, though, green. Maybe it's an old wives... One eight ounce cup of green tea typically contains 30 to 50 milligrams of caffeine, whereas coffee contains around 80 to 100 milligrams of caffeine per eight ounce cup. Well, you know what? But you know, this is just what Google says, so I could be not reading the accurate thing. You let us know, listeners. Yeah. Get in the comments. (laughs) Um, Which has more caffeine? We are not caffeine scientists. Actually... I'll share a fact that I know for a fact is true, and okay. it's about caffeine. Okay. Um, one Kyle Hall taught me this, uh. but it's that um, caffeine actually does not make you feel more awake. It simply blocks your tiredness Whatever. receptors. Yes. yes. Um, I actually learned that too. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so when that's why so many people crash after having so much caffeine is because well, once the caffeine's out of your system, all of the tiredness that you were essentially just pushing out floods back in mm-hmm. which and is interesting i also i was listening to a podcast actually about coffee and caffeine but they also talked about how coffee or caffeine it's good for you to have a little bit i mean depending on like of course everyone has different health right, things, right and right, sometimes right. people can't have caffeine but i guess if for the average person if your health is okay having caffeine in the correct amount of dose for you is actually beneficial for you and it's got a lot of good health benefits the problem is is when you have too much of it and that they say what the like average healthy dose would be like one cup of coffee a day or would it be like half a cup of coffee a day i don't know okay i know for myself i can only have one cup because then i'll get really jittery Jittery, and start feeling like nauseous so for me personally, I know one cup will do the trick for me and I'll be That's good. That's so interesting. Well, and what a good lesson on like knowing your body, knowing yourself. That's Everyone true. should know themselves. That's yeah. true. Okay. What was your favorite trip that you've ever taken? This is an easy one. It was my most recent trip. Um, I was fortunate enough to take a trip to Italy with my parents and I just absolutely fell in love with Italy. The main cities we went to were Venice, Florence, Rome, and um, Sorrento. And every single city has its own character and culture. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I loved the most about it was because, of course, the old saying is that Italy is shaped like a boot. It's kind of a peninsula into the um, 
Mediterranean Sea, she said, question mark, because she's not good at geography. Um, but it's a big port city because all of these cities on the side have... Mediterranean Sea. Is it? Okay, I got it right. Well, it's at the... Yes, basically. Cool. Um, but they all got... Oh, it is, but there's also the Tyrrhenian Sea to its... Anyways, we're not geography majors, yeah. but that's okay. <laughs> we're not caffeine scientists <laughs> or geography majors. We're just chatting. <laughs> I love it. Um, but the thing that I loved the most about learning about Italy's history was that because it's every single city was a major port, um, that so many different cultures, religions, languages went in and out of the city that it truly is a melting pot of so many different things. And you see a lot of like Arabic and um, Asian and other Eastern like influenced um, architecture and food um, that you wouldn't think of when you think of Italy, but it's like, oh, that is there. Um, and one of our tour guides, and I loved this because people call America the big melting pot, right? Well, in recent times, they've started calling America, um, or North America, not North America, United States of America, um, a mixed salad because it's a bunch of different ingredients, but they're not actually homogenized. Oh. Yeah, it's like they're... There's, That's an interesting way to describe that. Right. I like that. There's like pockets of people who still retain their unique culture, but we all exist together. But that Italy truly is a melting pot in the sense that it was all of these cultures that merged mm-hmm. and melted into one new thing. Okay. Um, which I just found fascinating. Um, and everyone was so nice, <laughs> which I'm like, I just love nice people. And <laughs> Don't we all? Don't we all? Um, and, you know, you, you always hear as um, Americans going to Europe, they're like, oh, well, Europe's, Europe's, oh my gosh, European countries and people um, – tend to not like Americans, which I'm like, understandable. Um, so you always kind of prepare to be a little on guard and like, you know, you're in a different place. You want to be respectful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone was so welcoming, so kind, taught me Italian, like just so welcoming, wanted to hear all about us, like while we were asking about them. So it was just wonderful and fabulous. That's good. I loved hearing about your trip. Okay, so what is your favorite holiday movie and why? Holiday movie. So when you say holiday movie, do you mean like a winter holiday movie or do you mean any movie associated with any holiday? Because I could go with that. We'll go with that. (laughs) I'm really tempted to say Groundhog Day. Uh, but I actually have never I mean, seen it, so oh, I can't you've say never it. seen it? No, well, then no, that's not your answer. Right, I, it can't be. Uh, it can't but be. <laughs> I think that that would be a very funny answer. Yes, yes. But I'm like, I need to watch a movie. I think. Hmm. You know, I'm gonna have to go with the Polar Express. Which I know you don't like. I know. And honestly, I just can't even remember the movie, but I just remember when I was a child, I, for whatever reason, did not have a good impression of the movie. It's kind of creepy. And so I need to rewatch it so that I have a valid opinion, but I just, you know. Your opinion's still valid, but I would love to rewatch it with you. I I feel like it's time because. It's time. I'm I'm not a child anymore. It's time. It's time. (laughs) 
<laughs> the time so has come. we're gonna make hot chocolate and watch Polar Express. All right, cool. Um, but this is for me. This is really a nostalgic answer because me and my brother are um, siblings who fight quite a bit, <laughs> and I just have so many fond memories. This was the movie we would watch every year, and it was like when the Polar Express is on, nothing bad can happen. And it Aww. was, like, the thing that we would always watch together. It's and a truce. It's the white flag. Yeah, it's, it's the Polar Express <laughs> truce. Um, and even now, we watch it, even though neither of us live at home anymore, we watch it during Christmas with our whole family. And That's it's, a great tradition, too. Yeah, it's just a nice tradition. And the music is so silly and fun, and the animation is terrifying. And, <laughs> <laughs> and Tom Hanks plays, like, 20 characters. <laughs> Does he really? I think technically it's only like three or four, but isn't that but, wild? Yeah, that is wild. That yeah. is wild. Um, so yeah, that, okay. it's for nostalgic reasons. I have yeah. to go to Polar Express. I can see that. Okay, follow-up question with that. Yes. What type of hot cocoa do you prefer to drink with it? Because you know there's different There types. is different kinds. Okay, if I am doing like, we're making hot cocoa and mm-hmm. we're going in, I like to do the boil milk on the stove, get the Hershey's cocoa powder that's not sweet, that's just like the cocoa cocoa. powder, and then add in sugar. And my dad... um, Like normal sugar? Yes. Okay. Um, And so you like boil it on the stove all together and it'll kind of thicken up because when you boil milk, it'll like thicken a little bit. Um, You can't burn it. Can't burn it. Then it gets gross. Red flag. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um... And my dad pours amaretto in it, which is that almond liqueur. Oh, okay. You gotta make so this good. for us. I will. Oh, we'll do it this year. Yeah, we'll do oh, fancy hot cocoa now. with amaretto and the Polar Express. Okay. All right. So that is only adults above twenty-one are allowed to imbibe an amaretto. <laughs> but if you are above twenty-one, highly recommend putting amaretto in your hot cocoa. Cool. 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 Alrighty. So then, next question: What? your favorite personality and strength test and why because mm. i know this is your jam this is my jam i think almost similarly to astrology and tarot even though people think about them so differently from personality tests to me all of these things are like different tools that provide frameworks for investigating the self and learning more about you, who you are, how you approach the world, Mm. um, how you're feeling and doing right now. And so I just always find that fascinating to learn more about myself, but also to talk to other people about how they test, right? Because I feel like it gives you a lot of insight that maybe typically someone wouldn't offer up, you know, I am really a feeler. (laughs) (laughs) But when you ask them their Myers-Briggs, you can learn that about them. Mm -hmm. Um, Personality test. I'm going to have to go Enneagram. I'm a big Enneagram girly. Um, Of course, it got really, really popular like two-ish years ago. Um, Kind of during COVID quarantine. I learned about it from you for the first time. That was my first time learning about it. Um, And I think that was like right at the beginning of like its huge like launch into like the zeitgeist. Um, But the thing that I love the most about the Enneagram is that it's rooted in childhood trauma study, which sounds really crazy. But um, for those of you who aren't familiar with Enneagram, it's a nine number system for nine different personalities. 
um, and these nine numbers are grouped into the head, heart, and gut sector. So there's three numbers for it's each. It's like a wheel, right? Yes. And then also each number is connected to other numbers for where you go in your strength and where you go in your stress. Oh. Um, and so that's where the wheel I comes in. Yeah. yeah. So it's all kind of interconnected. But your main number um, when you take the test is trying to identify what was kind of your deepest childhood hurt or trauma and your number is typically how you counteract that so for an example i'm a two which is the helper um in my main like hurt not that my family was hurtful or abusive at all but everyone has something that's traumatic from their childhood it growing up means growth and and going through those kinds of which means pain right um and so my main thing was this like deep fear of being unlovable and so that expresses as always wanting to help and give back right and so that's how the personality test kind of comes about and I just love hearing about other people's numbers because there's something so deeply personal about that that Mm -hmm. even if you're not up front talking about hey this is the worst thing that ever happened to me in my childhood and then you talk like you don't have to talk about that in order to learn a lot about someone and why they are the way they are with the language of the Enneagram yeah so I think that's why I really love it Reese and I are actually the same that's true we're both two-wing one Mm -hmm. um so the one again though see I don't even remember (laughs) one is the perfectionist oh yeah yeah um, so also in the Enneagram, there's wings, which is whichever number that's right next to yours that is your second highest. Um, so you could be two wing one or two wing three, but we and, both two wing one. Yeah. And cause on the wheel, the, those are the numbers that are next to it. Yes. So like if you're a nine, you're next to a one and an eight. Exactly. So, so you could never be like a nine wing three. Like right. even if three is your second highest number, that wouldn't be your wing. Yeah. Okay. And then, if you had to write a book tomorrow, what would it be about? Who? So, this is interesting because my thesis that I wrote for my master's degree, I do want to expand into a book. And I'm hoping to um, make my future research about expanding that book. However, I feel like that's a cop out answer because I am kind of like in the process of writing it. Uh. Um, because like I have the thesis, which is the rough outline. So I'm like, it's it's in process. Mm-hmm. If I was going to start a new book tomorrow, I think I would want to do a collection of poems. Okay. Um, just because I have like probably hundreds of poems sitting on my laptop that are just like there. That I don't know if I would ever do anything with it. Um, you should. If but you I'm like, have them, why not? Right? I'm like, that could be kind of cool. And like to go back and revisit those and maybe put them together chronologically or with some other like overarching theme. I don't know. I think there, there's something cool in there that I could mm-hmm. maybe play around with. I like it. Okay. And now, what's your favorite color, and what does that say about you? (laughs) Now, you know that this is going to be weird, (laughs) because, yeah. So, my favorite color is gray, (laughs) 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 
which anytime I tell people that, they're like, there's no way that's your favorite color. And I'm like, you are one of the few people I've ever heard say that. Yeah, (laughs) it's, it's kind of strange, but there is just something about gray that is comforting to me. Um, I love wearing gray. Like I actually own a lot of gray clothes, which is kind of strange. But you also have some colorful clothes, too. I do. I do love wearing color. Um, But I think also for, like, a more philosophical reason, I really like what it represents because I've spent so much of my life um, dealing in the black and white and trying to categorize things into an easily understandable system. Um, but that ignores complexity and nuance and isn't fair to the people around me, to the experiences that I have. I just don't think that's being a very gracious friend or family member um, when I approach the world that way. I don't think it makes me the best version of myself. And so the more that I surround myself with gray tones, I think it, it what it says about me is that I'm really trying hard to be someone that honors the nuance and complexity of life. Oh, I love, I see, I didn't even know that. I love that. <laughs> Thanks. That's really, I mean, you just took that to another level, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So our last silly question is, it. what animal do you feel connected with and why? Okay. I gotta go owl. Owls have long been my faves. I went, you know how every kid has, like, an animal phase and they wear one animal exclusively? Mine was owls. Um, and it 100%, now that I'm thinking about it, was because of Annabeth in the oh, Percy Jackson books. Of course. Obviously, that's where that came from. Um, but I think now reflecting on it, I really love that they're, like, a bird that also isn't very bird-like. Yes. Like, when I think of an owl, I don't really, like... You don't associate them no, with birds, right? No. Bird, I think, like, oh, a crow or a pigeon or right. something. Like a blue jay or yeah, something. Yeah, like, yes, I understand what you mean. Yeah. And so I'm like, that's kind of interesting that, like, yes, they're a bird, but, like, they don't feel like a bird. And, like me, being misunderstood. <laughs> Just kidding. Get out. I'm kidding. That was a joke. Um, but I I also think that owls represent stoicism and um, like intellectualism, which I think I, I just have always found fascinating. Like, there's a reason why I went to school longer than I needed to, um, and I'm a very logical person as well. But I think also there's something about thinking of an animal as a logical being instead of just an instinctual being that's really cool to me um because that's us too right like we are the marriage of logic and instinct human beings are Mm -hmm. um so yeah I I feel connected to owls kind of because of that but also they're funny little dudes who Mm -hmm. can spin their head around and their noise is really silly and um if you draw one with a cartoon, you can put glasses on them, and that's real cute. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you have experience with that. <laughs> cool. Well, okay, the closing question that I have, I actually am getting this shout-out to NPR. Uh, oh, yeah. I get, I, they do this a lot. Love and I that. Like, 
I, I like what they do. So I love taking inspiration. Yeah, I love this question, and I think it's a good thing to ask people um, from different, you know, life backgrounds yeah. and stuff. So what's one piece of advice you have been given that you would like to pass on? Hmm. That I have been given. You know, it's interesting because... I really do love advice questions and like hearing other people answer it. But now that I'm on the receiving end of it, it's interesting to think about how like no one has really ever sat me down and been like, here is my advice for you. Like any advice you get just kind of happens along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, And is like, like even talking about my parents earlier, I feel like any advice I got from them was kind of, over the length of them like repeatedly showing me and telling me different things that all like added up to a piece of advice. Um, So I don't know if I can pinpoint like one exact moment that someone just said something and I was like, whoa, that changed everything for me. Um, It can be something simple too. Yeah. You know what is actually coming to mind, and I don't know if this perfectly fits the question, so tell me if this if you don't accept my answer. <laughs> <laughs> I can think of something else, too. Um, but another one of my great role models who would be on the list if it was like a list of five or ten people who greatly influenced mm-hmm. me from the earlier question. Yes. Um, his name is Del Shores. He makes wonderful media. You should absolutely check out his movie, um, Southern Baptist Sissies. It's wonderful. Um, and he's also a playwright, but he would, um, host acting workshops. A bunch of the influential people in my life are through acting just because I spent so much of my childhood and growth in that environment. And the very first workshop I had with him at the end of the second day, it was a two day workshop. He asked everyone, do you feel like a star? And all of us were kind of like, no, we're a bunch of nobodies at an acting workshop. Like we don't feel like a star. And he was like, you need to fix that. You are already a star. Your job is to convince other people. You should never have to convince yourself. You should not be in this industry if you do not believe that you are a star. And even though, of course, he was, like, talking about acting, and I don't think that it's your job to necessarily convince other people of your worth. Like, your worth is innate. However, I do think that to kind of draw the heart of that to real life, if you don't feel like you're a star right now, I believe you should. And he made every single one of us stand up in the front of the like little room that we were doing the workshop in probably in some like Sheraton hotel (laughs) like conference room um and had everyone else clap for us for an entire minute and like give everyone a standing ovation and he said if you do not feel like a star here is your star moment he said everyone deserves to have a star moment and to feel like a star you are already a star that's whoa I did not see this one coming and I love that I'm glad. Yeah, because I'm like, it's not like advice, it's more like instructions, but it just like totally changed the way that I like saw my own self-worth because I'm like, no, I'm fighting and grinding to be like better than I am now so that one day I can be good enough. But his whole point was, you're already good enough. Yeah. It's up to chance now. Oh my gosh. And... 
Because it's like, you want, like, I'm the type of person that I thrive off of words of affirmations because yeah. then I know that I'm doing a good job. Right. But, I mean, to his point, if I'm, if this is my interpretation, like, you don't need necessarily the affirmations yeah. because you need to believe it yourself and just show it to other people. Yeah. And that's like, I love, I mean, that's just changing your whole framework and mind yeah. as well. And I love yeah. that. That's a really cool exercise you made. Right? I mean, like, it's just changing your framework again and, like, reshifting how you view yourself because it's you, ultimately, who needs to feel like a star because you are one. Right. And you, be- I mean, it's almost like the manifesting stuff. Like, if you manifest and you feel that you are who you who you want to be and, who and like, you're going to achieve that, that like, that's all you really it's need. It's like the self-fulfilling prophecy of yeah. that. Because yeah. clearly nobody's going to help you if you don't already, if you're not going to help yourself and if you don't put that, you have to put yourself forward first. That. That. Absolutely. Well, and like you said earlier, like, ask and you shall receive. I'm not a huge, I don't consider myself a Christian and I'm not necessarily one to, like, quote Bible verses, but this is one that I think about a lot. Um, <laughs> but the quote, or the verse is literally like, the door will never open if you do not knock. And I was just like, whoa. But it's like, to go back to your point, it's like, if you don't believe it in yourself, why would anyone else? True. Or it's like, why am I going to give you the role if you can't show me that you can do it? Like, Yeah. You know? Or why am I going to... be the star that you were meant to be. Yes. Listen to your podcast. Or order florals from you. Mm -hmm. Or be your friend if, if you don't think you're wonderful. I, I think what you show people about yourself, they will believe. Yeah. You know? Wow. I've loved this conversation, Reese. <laughs> Me this is fun. too. Um, as someone who interviews other people, I know that it is not easy. <laughs> and I really appreciate your preparation and dedication to doing this. It really means a lot to me as a friend, but also as a podcaster that (laughs) you took the time and effort to do this. So thank you. And you did a very wonderful job. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a professional interviewer, but I think you did a really good job. (laughs) Thanks. And I was nervous at first, but I had fun. Good. It's just us. It's just us. (laughs) It's just us. There's no camera. There's no mic. (laughs) But also, um, Oh, what was I going to say? There was something else in my head that I wanted to say to you about interviewing. Oh, this is it. Of course, people love talking about themselves, so I really enjoyed this conversation because I just got to talk (laughs) about myself. However, deeper than that, I really enjoyed this conversation because it also made me think, and your questions are really thoughtful. So thank you for that as well. I really Mm -hmm. do appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Always here to support you. Love you, Lou. Love you, too. Thank you all so much for being here today and listening to the podcast. Today is also the premiere of our very first video podcast. So if you want to check out what I look like when I'm talking about making meaning, head over to the Cohere Collective on YouTube. I would love for you to be a part of the conversation. So please share your thoughts in the comments on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn, or threads, all at the Cohere Collective. If you want more of Sophie, you can follow her on Instagram at Sophie underscore Alfred eight, and you can follow me on Instagram at Lillian Reese Brown if you are so inclined. 
Please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you feel so inclined, please leave an honest review or rating. I know you hear it from all of the podcasts you listen to, but this really is the best way to spread the podcast. And it helps me and the rest of the collective reach our goal of trying to make the world a better place. Big thank you to Tristan Morgan at Plero Music for making Meanings theme music. I hope you have liked the new music this season. And to Nicole Ostriker for making Meanings art. You can find Nicole's work on Instagram at Nicole O Creates or Nicole O Design. Right now, I'm feeling a little nervous. Of course, this is a slightly different episode than most of our episodes. And putting something on video and continuing to put yourself out there is always a new journey, right? But I'm also very excited to see where this continues to take us. Thank you all so much for being here, and I hopefully will catch you next time. Love.